So we don't often just kind of check in with each other. Um, my wife and I went and saw a movie last night, and I was just wondering if uh, you guys have been back to the movie theaters yet and what your experiences have been. I haven't. No? I legitimately no. cannot remember the last movie I saw at a theater. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, the reason I bring it up is we went and saw a movie last night, and the theater we went to... There was, like, nobody there, and I, I think they were struggling. I won't say which one, but if you guessed the correct three letters, you might be able to figure out which which theater we went to. Smooth, Dave. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I just forgot how loud movies are nowadays or if they had their system set up wrong, but we ended up having to watch the movie with napkins in our ears. As, I would have paid money for someone to take a picture of that. Yeah, we were the only ones in the theater. We, oh like sitting goodness. directly center. I want that on Instagram. And yeah, a picture we, of you guys. we need that picture. <laughs> and I'd, I just don't know if it's like the the volume creep, like loudness wars like happened in music uh, in the 90s, 2000s, or what was up. But I was just like, you know what? I... I don't miss this. I would rather have a, my nicely set up uh, surround sound in my basement. What I love about this, Dave, is you're like the crotchety old man this time. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> These this darn music. <laughs> it's so loud in here. What's going on? <laughs> Who well, needs to listen to it this loud? <laughs> I've never heard this voice out of you. <laughs> Don't you know it's are you dangerous Homer, for your hearing? Are you Homer Simpson's dad? You're the voice guy for him, aren't you? Yeah. Aren't you? All right. um, anyway, okay. I, just, I just wanted to check in to see if I was the crazy one. And yep, Okay. apparently. Also, no, I will say you're not, though, because I agree the, with you. Okay. It's way too loud. They are loud. But also leave it to the sound guy to complain about how loud it is. <laughs> but he, he brings more credibility than the rest he of does, us. He does. But therefore, that's why I'm I also know. not surprised that you have a beautiful surround sound set up in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I, I know what is a dangerous level. And I just want to say to the parents out there, Buy some earplugs for your kids, because if it keeps getting this loud, they're gonna lose their hearing. Can I actually? That's my. Can pitch. I ask you an audio question? <laughs> sure. Why is it that I feel like every time I'm watching like, like regular person TV, it is so quiet? Dynamic. The di well, the dialogue is so quiet. Then you get to a commercial, and your ears are bleeding. It's been that way for decades. But why is it just to be obnoxious and get your attention? To get your attention, I and it is that. obnoxious. That's and why people. That's one of the reasons people go through the commercials with fast forward. Right. Mm -hmm. I, there are uh, like loudness standards set in place now to combat that because that's what the commercials were doing was just getting your attention. But Rude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this has completely devolved. Um, <laughs> what do we want to do today? Yeah, uh, well, maybe we should get oh, on topic, here, which here, has let zero me to do with movies. Let and me zero tie to do it in. Sound. <laughs> let me tie it all in. Okay. The reason why I was so excited to go to the movies is because that was the one thing that I have been missing the entire pandemic was movie theater popcorn. Ooh. There's just something special. I will pay whatever ticket price to get in there and buy movie theater popcorn. It's the artificial butter flavored grease, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's you know what? I agree yep. with you on that. I can't remember the last time I saw a movie, but I would go for some movie theater popcorn. Yeah, it's they should just sell the popcorn and you just walk right out. Mm-hmm. Seriously. It's beautiful. Yeah. We love well, it. I mean, we obviously love three things here in the cabin. Food and drink. Hidden gems. Mm. 
and exploring the best that the state has to offer, especially when it comes to food and drink. Mm -hmm. So we're talking today, finally, Finally. after that tangent, (laughs) uh, with a couple running an Instagram account that seem to like the same three things. They travel around the state, really the Midwest, and uh, eat and post about it mm-hmm. on Insta. They, they probably te- have they more us. refined tastes than me, just after my <laughs> artificial bubber, <laughs> butter. And your movie theater popcorn. We're not even going to ask him about movie theater popcorn. We know it's beneath him. So, uh, little foodie's guide to Wisconsin on the road on the podcast today. So, Jordan and Mike from the Midwest Munchers will be joining us. If you don't follow them on Instagram, you oughta. Mm-hmm. You should. So, yes. All right, The Cabin is brought to you by the Wisconsin Counties Association. This week, we're going up north to Ashland County. Up mm. north. Up north, which up is north. at the foot of Shawamigan, Chihuah- for crying out loud. Do, I was, was going to joke about pronouncing it, and I'm <laughs> screwing it up myself. Shawamigan Bay, <laughs> which, of course, is Lake Superior. So Ashland, once a major center for lumbering, mining, brownstone quarrying, and Great Lakes shipping. They had a massive dock on there that they've actually torn down since, and I was so sad when they did that. Still an incredibly beautiful city. Northland College is there, uh, and murals everywhere, the the historic mural capital of Wisconsin. So when you're walking around downtown, you're going to see a ton of huge murals on all kinds of different buildings, um, brownstone structures, because there's a lot of old money up there back when architecture was awesome. And uh, the county itself was named after an honor, actually, of the Lexington uh, estate of Kentucky statesman Henry Clay. Many of us have heard of Henry Clay. One of the founders of the city of Ashland was a big admirer of his, so that's that's how we got the name. And there is an Ashland, Kentucky, that I've been to. And, and of course, the Apostle Islands are right by there. So the Apostles straddle Ashland and Bayfield County. Most of them are in Ashland. Sand, York, Eagle, and Raspberry, those are in Bayfield. The rest uh, are in Ashland County, including Madeline Island, by the way, the big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Madeline's the only one that's not part of the Apostle Islands National Lakeshore. Oh. Yeah, because it's inhabited. Fair oh. enough. But uh, the others are, and Ashland is one of the great points you get to before you head off for those islands. So it's also the home of South Shore Brewery. Nice. Which was oh, yeah. er- early on in the brewery resurgence. They've been there a long time, and they make good stuff. They have a uh, tap room in Ashland, and they also have a, a brewery up in Washburn. So I have a growler from there. Oh, do you? still at our house from when we honeymooned at there. Oh, very there. nice. Mm-hmm. Great place. So uh, make sure you check out those things and more in Ashland County. It's a beautiful place. Love it. Eric, are you thirsty? I'm always thirsty. I know you're always thirsty. Always hungry, too, but, you know. Well, at least we have some good topics. bad episode for that. Yeah, we've got good topics today for it. Well, did you know that The Cabin is also brought to you by Jelly Good Soda? And Eric... I'm going from diet to regular on this one. Let's get ready. There we go. Gorgeous. I didn't spill. (laughs) So proud of you. (laughs) Jelly Good Soda is available in 6 and 12 packs in select flavors. Fruit punch. (laughs) This is so good. That face. Sorry, oh I didn't mean. God. I didn't mean to have the food gasm. Sorry. <laughs> it was. Oh my god, I can't. 
Jolly good soda that I think was all, that was all the advertisement you needed. Um, it's available <laughs> in select flavors at Festival Foods, Woodman, Sendix, Piggly Wiggly, Triggs, and Quality Foods. And if you can't find Jolly Good at your local grocery store, what do you do, Audio Dave? You stomp and yell. <laughs> <laughs> to a manager, and you're like, dude, I need Jolly Good Soda in this store. I don't know what you're doing with your life. We need Jolly Good Soda. And Managers in these other stores are going to hate us for this. <laughs> well, they should have uh, had their stuff together ahead of time. <laughs> and have the jolly good soda there. So I'm just I'm just saying. Um, there's also a diet line, which is caffeine-free, zero calories, zero carbs, zero sugars, which is the perfect way to enjoy your favorite mixers because we're in the heat of summer, which we love. Mm-hmm. And make sure to stay up to date on their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts at Jolly Good Soda for all of their fun promotions. Let's light the fire and get these Midwest munchers in here. Do mm-hmm. it. All right. Here we are. It is not a secret that Wisconsin has an abundance of amazing food scenes between the extensive famous chefs that call Wisconsin home and world-class restaurants to the fun hidden gem and hole-in-the-wall restaurants. Wisconsin can be a foodie haven. And while we here in the cabin have explored our fair share of restaurants and foodie spots, uh, we figured we needed some experts. And you probably have heard of this famous foodie couple. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please welcome the Midwest Munchers. Yay! (laughs) You said please welcome. Round of applause! (laughs) Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us, Jordan and Mike. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we are so excited to talk to you guys. But for starters, I think we have to know, like, how did this Instagram account come to be? How did you create this, like, couple persona as the Midwest Munchers? It helped that we were an actual couple. <laughs> that definitely <laughs> Fair helped. enough. But I have to give Mike the credit. I'll let him tell the story because it was definitely, he was the mastermind behind it. Yeah, so... Like Instagram, I was never like a couple of years ago. Even before we started, I was never into Instagram. I thought it was weird um, that people just posted <laughs> pictures and scrolled through. And I was looking at getting uh, a tattoo, and every artist had their portfolio there. And then I also saw these people posting pictures of food. And I turned to Jordan one day, and I'm like, Jordan, we go out to eat way too much. We could do this. <laughs> That's how it started. And I would also hmm. like to fully admit that when he told me the idea, I was like, that's a dumb idea. Nobody wants to follow us and see what we eat. And he was like, he convinced me, which took a lot of convincing, but he did it. Yes. <laughs> I come up with crazy ideas and Jordan can execute them. Or Very shoot nice. them down. One of the two, like any good relationship, yes. right? <laughs> a cold dose of reality sometimes. But you know what? That just makes sure that you create a better product. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it's also the cold dose of reality that uh, Instagram does eat first whenever we go out to eat. So <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. true. Why not capitalize on yeah. it? At we, that point, we eat more cold food nowadays. I know in restaurants. <laughs> well, right? you definitely do when you're on Discover Wisconsin shoots, Eric. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder, and maybe this is a question for you: Are there any restaurants that serve with like a nice little ring light right at the top of your plate or something? Because whatever restaurant starts doing. That will be able to capitalize That'll on the trend. Or is that yeah. like or, a red plague that the food's going to be really crappy if they do that? <laughs> you know, it's, it it's funny. Good. I've never come across a restaurant that does that. It surprises me now that you say it that yeah. some restaurants aren't doing that. Because literally, we're all doing it. We're all whipping out our phones and taking pictures of almost everything we eat. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, mm-hmm. cornflakes. Bing. You know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, restaurants are more 
taking care of presentation than ever. Yeah. That matters more. I mean, now there's a hot dog with like the bun, the wiener laying next to it, and then the drizzle of mustard in a zigzag pattern over the top because they want good presentation, right? Yeah. Um, but that's an idea. If a restaurateur is listening to this, and there probably yep. are quite a few Can have you, that one for free. Take it. <laughs> Do it. That would Do be- it. Instead of, would you like a side of fries or a salad with that? It's, would you like an Instagram light with that when we serve? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. I can or swap out your light bulbs in the restaurant to be good lighting. Yeah. That's, right. that's another good one. <laughs> well, so many restaurants are like, the design like inside of it has become so Instagrammable. It's kind of amazing they don't do that per plate, have like the better mm-hmm. lighting or the whatever. So. But the quality of the food still matters. And that's why foodies care. Uh-huh. Not yeah. just about how it looks, but how it tastes. Um, now, how did you guys get across the name Midwest Munchers? You're not exclusive to Wisconsin, I'm assuming, with that name. Or did you just like the alliteration? Well, we started as the Madison Munchers. And as we grew, I mean, we travel a decent amount. I'm from Detroit area, which I'm actually located right now. We traveled to Chicago, across, you know, and um, occasionally up in like the Twin Cities. So we're That's around perfect. that area. We, we wanted it to reflect our lives and not like go out of the way to do something just for Instagram. It was more just, this is our life and we're happening to document it. So as a Michigander, you like your Vruners? Ginger ale. Oh, absolutely. Vernish you like your Coney dogs in Detroit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Lafayette Coney. Are you kidding? It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we were talking before the podcast, me and Eric, and I, I don't really know what the difference is between a foodie and someone who really likes food. Is, is there a certain level that you have to get to before you, you start calling yourself a foodie? What does that word mean to you guys? Oh my gosh. I feel like we don't even refer to ourselves as that, Mike. Like, do we ever okay. do that? I, I feel like it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's like a vain Instagram thing. Yeah. yeah. It makes so you your mind is not foodies. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. We're just... Yeah. I guess kind of, we just eat out way too much. That's really what it comes down to. That's definitely right. There's nothing too fancy or too, I guess, hole in the wall-ish. I don't know. I eat a lot of, yeah, I'll say I eat a lot of fast food. Like I'm always at Culver's or Quick Trip eating fast food. So I feel like (laughs) we have a good balance of me eating a lot of junk. And then Mike definitely brings me to the nicer restaurants, which I think is probably good for my health. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like that foodie was too, like, pretentious of a term, and then you said connoisseur of takeout. <laughs> yeah. Connoisseur of uh, Culver's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so you guys have clearly discovered some really cool restaurants, though. Like, I personally, even when you guys did the Instagram takeover for Discover Wisconsin, all the places you went to that day... I had never heard of before. Mm -hmm. So how do you find these new, like, fun places to go? Yeah, honestly, I feel like this is, like, the least millennial thing to say because I feel like millennials (laughs) are all into, like, all, like, looking on Yelp and other Instagram pages. And honestly, we just love to go to small towns and walk around. Mike loves to go for walks. I feel like we just go and explore small towns and just walk and we'll walk and see a restaurant and be like, hey, let's check it out. And a lot of times we'll go and like try a few things or try one thing and then go to another restaurant and try one thing and just kind of make a day of it. So a lot of our weekends just look like us going to Spring Green, Wisconsin or Fort Atkinson and just kind of exploring and walking around. Hmm. Yeah, and as we grew a lot, like one thing, if a lot of people message us to go try the same restaurant after visiting it, we'll usually get like put on our radar and we'll try to go there. Um, And many times it's these really small you know, it's like the local place that everyone knows is really good food, but it's only within like a five to ten mile radius of that place people know that it is. But it's been that way forever, so 
we'll try it out if we're around there, if a bunch of people message us about it. And currently, the one that we've gotten a couple messages about, and actually my uncle told me about it too, is apparently in Sauk City, Wisconsin, there is a bowling alley and pizza place combo. And apparently, they have amazing pizza and ranch dressing, which are two of my favorite food groups. So I'm like super excited to go try this pizza bowling alley place. But pizza we have ranch. Are you from the Midwest? What's going on here? <laughs> but we haven't tried it yet. Good call. Yeah. So I don't actually know if it's good, but people have told us it is. So that's like next stop for us to go to. That's not the only town where I've heard the bowling alley has amazing pizza. Yeah. Uh, McQuanago, there's a place like mm. that. And it's. We might have to do a whole episode on bowling alley pizza, much to the surprise <laughs> of everyone. Uh, Josh will be very thrilled by that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is, too, about like homemade restaurants, like making ranch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why is that so good? Yep. It's I had so- a jalapeno <laughs> ranch dip with some curds mm. a couple weeks ago. Tasty. I changed religions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now a jalapeno ranchite. I, what a term. I love it. This is this is kind of sidetracking us. But yesterday, uh, me and my wife were driving, and she saw a billboard. Uh, it was like a picture of a cowboy, and it said something like "Ranch Water." It was like a brand or something. Yes. And she read it out loud, and I hadn't seen the billboard, and I was like, "Can we stop, Midwest? I don't need water that tastes like ranch dressing." <laughs> and it's not water that tastes like ranch dressing. Are y'all familiar with this? Mike, no, are you familiar this with is new to me. I just learned this because I filmed up in Antigo recently at a neon sign factory. This is called a tangent, y'all. Um, but they were making neon signs. They make Budweiser and Miller and all these neon signs for all these beverage companies. And this one company was ranch water. And I'm like, what in the, whatever I said, is ranch water. And he didn't really describe it because he wasn't sure himself. He just had this big order, right? And then I was talking with someone just the other day, and I've recently gotten into Topo Chico mineral water, which I really love. Buddy Mm -hmm. of mine turned me on to it down in Florida. And apparently, and now I buy it up here because I can't, I like stuff with, you know, bubbles in it. Hmm. And apparently ranch water is Topo Chico mineral water, tequila, and some lime. Interesting. Interesting. And having lived in Texas, I'm shocked I didn't know that already. That's a better flavor than Hidden Valley. (laughs) Yeah. Ranch water. I know. When they came up with that name, you're like, really? (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. So off of our side tangents. Okay. So bring it back. Yeah. We got to come back. Uh, This is supposed to be my producing job is bringing us back on track. So Mike and Jordan, can you walk us through like and I don't even know how to phrase this because I know you've gone to a thousand restaurants, but your top three favorite, like just absolute hidden gem restaurants. You start in Mike, like you do Wisconsin. Your, you do your first one, and I'll go off of that. Hidden gems, and I, I don't know how big of a hidden gem in, in Wisconsin. I'm. This is kind of a hidden gem and kind of not, but Iron Gray Barbecue in Milwaukee mm. is one of my favorite places, mm. and specifically their uh, the what's it called the. Pork belly, burnt ends. Burnt ends or meat candy. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so good. Why would it you call it that? Because so it's delicious. <laughs> so burnt ends and barbecue is like a Kansas City uh, mm-hmm. barbecue thing or Kansas barbecue thing where they like they invented this thing where they take certain chunks of the brisket and re, re-put them back in the, the smoker and bring it out. And it became this big thing in, in like that area. And this, this barbecue place in... Milwaukee did their own take on it with pork belly and it's 
unbelievable. They're so good. If you enjoy meat and of any sort of kind, it's, <laughs> they're delicious in sauce or just right out of the, like, raw. Not raw, but without anything on it. They're awesome. Right. Yeah, you don't need to drench it in barbecue sauce yeah. to make it incredibly no. good. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the burnt ends. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Jordan, you can go next. Okay. So, number two, I feel like if you follow us on Instagram, you see us post about this place a lot because we go pretty consistently every week. There is an old schoolhouse in Spring Green, Wisconsin, that they built a wood fire pizza oven outside of it and turned it into a restaurant that's only open on Fridays. So on Fridays, they have wood fire pizza. I think it's from like five to nine. They have wood fire pizza. The rest of the week, they're usually not open. They don't have a website. They literally have a Facebook page where every week they post the pizza specials. And you go and wow. you eat amazing wood fire pizza. They have a beautiful outdoor garden you can sit in. There's a playground and back for the kids. It's just like the most amazing pizza I've ever had. It's a beautiful location. And what is the name of this? It's called the White Schoolhouse. I think they call it the White Schoolhouse Pizza Party. So if you look on Facebook, oh, you can pizza find pizza party. And it's called the the place is called the White Schoolhouse Collective. Okay. okay. I think they actually might just change their name. I just saw that on Facebook. Did oh. they change it? I think because it was confusing. I because no one knows like the White Schoolhouse Collective. Like, what does that actually mean? So yeah. I think yeah. they actually did change it. <laughs> and then, um, th occasionally, if you can get, if they post a, a different menu of brunch or something, you can go for that, which is sporadic and not planned. Mm. Um, it's phenomenal. Like they'll do something different. Like well, they we had like smoked fish. Trout. It was like smoked trout, trout breakfast. Yeah. It was so good. Ooh, it was so good. It was phenomenal. And they use all like local ingredients and like either they grow it themselves or they like direct in touch with farmers and, and whatnot. And then what would you say is number three? Driftless Cafe, but it's not Everyone really a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that was, that, that new, was. I know I feel like we're talking about barbecue a lot, but what about that new barbecue place we've gone to in Monroe? I feel like that's a really fun one. Poncho and Lefties. Oh, Poncho and Lefties is really good too. Their ribs are, f specifically their ribs are really good there. Hmm. Um, that was phenomenal that we had. Burgers and stuff were, were good, but the ribs were like something. They like this is in Monroe. It's in Monroe. Okay. Like right in the hmm. downtown square too. And it's a pretty small restaurant. I would say maybe it has, what, eight or 10 tables, Mike? Yeah, it, it sits about maybe 50, maybe. Hmm. See, uh, that's interesting. Maybe 30. Because one, one of the ones I was going to mention, maybe ironically, but for fun, uh, was also on the town square in Monroe, Baumgartner's. Oh, the mm. cheese store? Which, We've course, never actually been there. You got to go. <laughs> it's a legendary cheese store and tavern, and they're known for their Limburger sandwich. <laughs> and uh, they it's, it's on rye. It's really nasty, good, <laughs> interesting. Pungent. A, a true foodie, if you will. I know, I know we're hating on the term at times, but <laughs> somebody who's really a connoisseur of flavor and cheese and aging and what can happen uh, would be fascinated to try the six-month-old Limburger because it is a very unique pungent flavor. Uh, they use onions and mustard to cut it. and uh, But it's it's an experience. And the sandwiches they make are, are just phenomenal. They just opened a larger kitchen, but their specialty has always been like fresh meats and cheeses local uh, on sandwiches. So if you go to Monroe in the town square, you've got your choice of Limburger sandwiches and uh, good barbecue, good ribs. 2020 would have been a good year to try that Limburger sandwich oh, no. when everyone was they staying invented, six feet away from They you. invented social distancing with Limburger. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So we, we kind of talked about the tip of going to 
many different restaurants and just ordering small things here and there. Do you have any other kind of tips for people who want to go, like just have an entire weekend of finding the best restaurants? I mean, it's it's easy to say, but like it's easier to do it in a larger city than it is smaller cities. Um, but it really is just kind of walking around. And then if you know or talk to people in like the service industry, a lot of times will tell you the, like the best places to go in a local town. So if you, you go there and you're like grabbing a drink somewhere or something like that, usually the, the, the people in like bartending or your local barista at a coffee shop or whatever will tell you like the better places to go in the town that are not a, a Yelp search, right? It's easy to do the Yelp search or you could potentially follow a local like if it's a bigger city sometimes the local food influencers are a better resource than just a google search because they kind of try out the more trendy or what's what's up and coming new places or kind of have a better pulse on it than a generic yelp search also this is making me realize does everyone not go on vacation and just eat? Because I honestly don't know what normal people do on vacation because that's literally all we do. Like we walk, we'll maybe go for a hike too. I feel like between meals, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great tip though, to talk to like a bartender and say like, kind of like what's the skinny in the town? Like where, mm-hmm. do, where do I go for this, that, and the other thing? Cause what a wealth of information mm-hmm. they usually tend to be. <laughs> Yeah, I've found, yeah, walking around a town and just doing a gentle like 25 mile an hour drive around the main downtown streets, that's where you stumble across the best stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you kind of develop over time a knack for getting a sense of how good food might be in a place just by looking at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just by looking at who's going in and out and stuff like that. So you kind of almost develop a sense Mm-hmm. Hmm. becomes second nature. Yeah, if like a place is slammed and it's hard to get to, that's also a really good indicator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at Especially off if it's hours. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, or at off hours. Yeah. yeah. Like that poncho and lefties, we were there at a, like on a Saturday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and there was a 45-minute wait. Like I feel like that's a good sign. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, Eric, did you want to talk through some of your favorite hole-in-the-wall restaurants? Well, some of them are holes in the wall. Some of them are just kind of good foodie-esque places, you know, yeah. where you can catch some some unique stuff. Um, and I got some farm-to-table ideas, too, so I'm kind of jumping all over a little bit here. One thing I will mention, and just in some of my research it came up, and we did this once for the show, is the ability to catch your own fish and then have the restaurant make it for you what? fresh. It's called a shore lunch. Mm-hmm. What? And two examples. Uh, the first one I'm going to give is in a place called the Trout House. We've already brought up trout, so I think it'd be yeah. good to mention it here. Uh, it's kind of near Palmyra in the Kettle Moraine area, southern unit off Highway 59 or so. Rushing Waters Fisheries is located right there. And they basically, uh, if you get there early, you can hook a line there, fish for your lunch. And if you catch a trout or two or three or whatever other fish you catch, the chef will prepare it for you. Hmm. Uh, they have ahi tuna and oysters. <laughs> Oh from gosh, their seafood menu, so not yeah. from next door. Uh, and then, you know, if you if you prefer a steak or a burger or pasta, they can do that for you too. Not everybody loves fish. Uh, and then they have a store where they smell, uh, they smell, they sell smoked fish. <laughs> it smells like fish in there too sometimes, I imagine. <laughs> um, and they have spice blends and marinades they make. So that place is cool, the Trout House, which is near Palmyra. That's in Jefferson County. And then we did this for the show in Kenosha. We went out on Lake Michigan and caught like five coho salmon. I caught five salmon in an hour. 
which Whoa. is the limit. I couldn't believe it because normally I suck at fishing. <laughs> but on this particular day, they just showed up and they it's like they knew it was for the show. It was yeah. great. <laughs> and um, so we went to a place called the Boathouse, which is right on an inlet from the harbor in Kenosha. And we, we had to fillet the fish ourselves, which is really gross. <laughs> but you get these beautiful pink fillets when you're done. And then they made it uh, Cajun style. They did a baked fish, and then they did a fried fish. Mm. And we had that with all the fixings. So you're enjoying a chef-prepared lunch with fish you caught that was swimming 90 minutes prior. Wow. That Interesting. super fun. I love those type of things where it's like an activity and food mixed together. I think that's really fun, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And, it, you know, it kind of appeals on the guy side to the caveman and you, me catch fish, <laughs> they cook fish, I eat fish, or, you know, <laughs> you know how we are. And uh, But that's a great way to... You know, enjoy enjoy lunch on a mm-hmm. on a on a higher level. Uh, yeah. Of course, another big thing. Do you guys, uh, Jordan and Mike, do you like small plate places? Yeah, we've been to quite a few in the Midwest. We've done Les Trois, uh, mm. Ardent. We splurged and went to um, Alinea one time in Chicago. Oh, in Chicago, mm. the Alinea is, and I know that's outside of Wisconsin, but that's like people invest money and. If their investment goes up, they pull the money out and then they go to Alinea. Wow. Right? It's like this, <laughs> you set aside the entire night, right? I mean, what was that experience for you? Again, I know it's in Chicago, but this is still it was, worth talking about. Yeah, we were expecting it to be kind of pretentious, but it was a lot more fun. And, they, and the, even the wait staff made it really approachable, surprisingly. We were there for, what, a, a few hours? And... They had like smoke machines and all this type of stuff that they used, and they, and they kind of cheesily put it out, and they played like hip hop music and stuff as they served some of the courses. The chef for the last course all come out, put the dessert on the table. They make this big edible plate that you kind of just everyone sc- scoops off the the placemat. It was a really cool, really fun experience. Actually, that was one of the most memorable dining experiences we had. I feel like that's like how we're like a a good mix between us. We're like, Mike likes the fine dining and I'll go along and eat it obviously. But I like know to eat some like handful of peanuts or a hot dog beforehand because you're never quite full (laughs) afterwards. Yeah. Got to get everything ready properly. (laughs) I like, I like either the really nice places or like the beyond divey. That's a good Mm -hmm. point. You're not somebody who likes the middle stuff as much, are you? No, so I like the so most hole-in-the-wall local bar, and I feel at home with yeah. a, a bush latte. And those, those often have the best burgers. Oh, yeah. Those kinds of bars. Yeah. A burger that's cooked like four feet away from you right mm-hmm. behind the bar. Yeah. Smash yes. burgers, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I wanted to recommend two small plate places in Milwaukee. Uh, one is Odd Duck, which is in the Bayview District. It's right along Kinnikinnick Avenue, the main drag through there, which is Highway 32. It's one of the top small plate restaurants in the state. It's known around the country by people who really like that. And the great thing about small plate places is um, you can have a much wider variety of food for about the same price or maybe a little bit more than if you, like, if it was two of you and you each ordered one huge entree. Yeah. And that's all you got. Mm -hmm. So Odd Duck is one. La Merenda is another, which is Italian for, I think, light snack or midday lunch or something along those lines. Uh, that's a small plate heaven. They have great empanada combos from different styles from different countries. Sambal, which is Indonesian. Argentinian beef, different salads. And then uh, one of my favorites, and again, you get just a little bit. Each of you get enough for a nice little sample. And then you move on to the next plate. They had goat cheese curds. Oh. 
Mm. Really? Tangy, mm. different, delicious. From Clock oh. Shadow Creamery, which is about a half a mile from there, topped with a Tia Paquita chorizo cream sauce. Mm. Fancy. I love it. They're orange because of the sauce, and they're so delicious. Yeah. So, Interesting. And that gives you a chance. Small plate places, and tapas, mm-hmm. sometimes they mm-hmm. call it. Uh, if you if you see one of those places, you know, try it for one, you know, and see what kinds of varieties you can enjoy. Yeah. I do want to shout out a Door County place that does really delicious tapas and sangria called Parador in Egg mm. Harbor. And what I love, I feel like it's very classic Door County that most of their businesses are in these, like, old 1900-built houses. So it's like, you really feel like you're walking around like your grandma's house. So it's in an old house. It's huh? in an old house. Okay. But um, amazing tapas and homemade sangria. And I will specifically shout out the charred cauliflower with whipped goat cheese. Oh. My God. Hmm. Outstanding. They've done more with cauliflower lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's had its, it's had its heyday. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's on the... Uh, Bryce was saying, because he's vegan, and he was saying that he had a cauliflower steak. Mike's mom made that actually when she was visiting us and it had like pickled jalapenos and banana peppers and what was it? Smoked provolone on top, capers. Olive. That cookbook though is fantastic. Six seasons. But Hmm. if we're talking Door County, um, a couple places. So chive is fairly well known in Door County, Mm. but their desserts are like some of the best desserts I've ever had. Like Top quality, like we had this mousse that was looked like a professional pastry stuff, perfectly glazed it over, and it was like <laughs> you cut it in half. It looked straight out of like a professional, you know, high-end pastry chef's Instagram account. It was perfect, and it was delicious. Wow. It wasn't just um, so that the food was good, but their dessert was on a different plane. Like some of the best dessert we've had ever out of all the restaurants we've been to, and that. Wanted to highlight that. And we're also in Door County that had good, um, I think it was Roots that we also had really good. Great vegan food. Mm. Yeah, that's in Sister Bay and someone told us about it. Um, It's kind of tucked away in the neighborhood almost. Yeah, Yeah, just off the main drag. um, It's behind Husby's, which is a popular bar Mm -hmm. in the corner. Yeah. And they have great, they had like, we had like, what was it, cauliflower drumsticks where they like breaded. or cauliflower wings. They made cauliflower look like mm. chicken wings. Um, sure. And they gave us like a buffalo sauce, and it was really good. Um, that was. A I'm really still good stuck on the cauliflower steak a little bit. I'm curious <laughs> on that. <laughs> We're gonna have to order one in. It's oh, literally yeah. just a flat slab of cauliflower. I feel like steak yeah. maybe a little bit sure. more than it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, and I hate to say this because I feel like we could keep talking about food uh, pretty much forever on this podcast, but we mm-hmm. are kind of running near the end of time. What? Do, I know. <laughs> I know. Do we want to do like a small rapid fire of our, like our, everyone gets like three favorite places to finish calling out? I'll start. I just got one. You, I want to call You'll do up, one? Yep. Uh, Shoebies in La Crosse. We were just on a shoot there uh, last week. And got the hot tip that on Fridays only, they serve a spicy chicken sandwich there. It's like a deli Mm. butcher, um, kind of right by the riverfront. And I feel like recently, especially like in fast food, there's this race to have the best spicy chicken sandwich. That is all the rage right now. (laughs) And their Nashville hot chicken sandwich that they only sell on Fridays Amazing. Is Go check it out if you're in the cross. Like kind of hipstery, like a hipster looking yeah. deli. 
Mike, we mm -hmm. walked in there. Do you remember that when we were in lacrosse? We never. Oh, ordered I bought beef anything. jerky there. Oh yeah, you bought yeah. beef jerky. Yeah. Which yeah. is good. Yeah. Very good chicken sandwich. So yeah, family didn't get a sandwich yeah. because we were debating if we should get a sandwich or not. <laughs> yeah, yep, definitely worth it. <laughs> oh wow. my gosh, I'm actually gonna follow you because I only have one I want to shout okay. out to, and it's my Madison shout out, which is: Has anyone been to Smoky John's? Yeah, I was in college. In college, okay. Yeah. So it's by the airport. Kind of like by Ala Island. It's on Highway 113, also known as Packers Avenue, right by the airport. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Jordan and Mike, have you been there? Yeah. Oh, I have definitely. So tasty. I don't think we've been together, though. I grew up going there with my dad for Father's Day every year. They used to have a tra like they used to have a platter. It was a trash can lid, and they filled the trash can <laughs> lid up with like meat and sides. And I like very distinctly Whoa. remember going there with my dad. And he'd always have a coupon. My dad had a coupon. For the, oh, yeah. the trash platter, I remember that. <laughs> That's very Midwestern. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, my trash gosh. platter. That we're reminds gonna, me. It's like the garbage plate at Frank's yeah. in Kenosha. Yeah. yeah. I love when they, they go with trash and garbage because yeah. it's usually so delicious. Uh -huh. right? right. I love it. All right. Well, between Jordan and Mike, what are you, do you have any last recommendations for us, for all of our listeners to check out? You go first, Mike. I love Red Light Ramen. I it's knew like we were going to say that. My favorite restaurant. <laughs> in with, and I also want to give it like I, with something unique that's a little different in Madison is also a Barack or Braca. Oh, Braca, I think it is. Yeah. Braca, yeah. It's one of the few places like oh, it's, it's, it's no, it's not Broca. Okay. It's Baraka. I think it's on Willie Street. They serve like uh, oh. African food. But it's one of the few places that has also, I think they sold fried plantain or tostonas. And that's, my family's from Honduras and I, they used to make that all the time. And it brought me back to home when I had it there. Cool. You know, Willie Street is such a great place to find. There's that place. There's the Weary Traveler. There's a bunch of others that mm -hmm. will have different unique combinations of food in a lot of restaurants in a short area. Yeah. We, should, we should actually go through districts at some point mm -hmm. where you yeah. can find all of these. That's great. And I'm going to give it. one more is Snack Boys in Milwaukee. I also love <laughs> everything I've had there is unique. And that's another small plate place that has a ton of stuff and it's real hipster inside. But uh, the main courses, I haven't had anything there and I've taken people from out of town there and they've loved it. So. Is that the place though that doesn't open till like nine o'clock and I'm always like real crabby because I'm tired? Is that the place? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the one with me. all the I'm weird stuff. It's with all like the the decor is like really retro and weird and yeah, they have like the pink and neon sign. It's, the food there is really good. <laughs> cool. Jordan, did you want to throw another oh, last yeah. minute recommendation out there? Yes. So this one we have not actually ever posted about or really talked about because honestly, it's Ooh, already really busy and we don't want it to get any busier. But <laughs> Hooterville Inn is like a very small bar in Blue Mounds, Wisconsin, and they have the best fish mm. fry. It's just amazing, but it's always jammed on a Friday night, and we've always hesitated to post because we're like, we go there a lot. I don't want it to get any busier. <laughs> but if you're listening to this podcast, definitely try it. It's so good. It's All one right. of the best cod fish fries wow. we've had. Yeah. yeah. Very awesome. nice. Fantastic. Eric, you get one more. Uh, let's see. I'll do, uh, I'll go back to Milwaukee, uh, a farm to table. We'll talk more about farm to tables in another episode. I'm sure, uh, Bray's in Milwaukee is known for their restaurant supported agriculture program. So they really, they track the food exactly where it comes from. Uh, chefs will cook supper on Sundays in front of you sometimes, and then they hit the road in summer and early autumn and do three course family style dinners where they literally will tell you exactly where everything you're eating is coming from. So if you're into things like 
low, you know, farm to table and local eating. Uh, b- check out what Braze is doing. And I know they're actually going to be in Elkhorn um, on July 8th doing one of those. So, nice. um, and awesome. if you see a farm to table place, check it out, do your research, find out yeah. what some of the best places are. Cause that's where you will get the most natural and freshest food. And I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. So many insider information. Yeah. Restaurant tips today. I know I'm off to Hooterville pretty soon. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for some On Fridays, though. Yeah. Yep. yeah, Fridays for fish fry. <laughs> Jordan and Mike, thank you so much for coming on the Cabin Podcast. I feel like that was two minutes. Yeah. Is what that I know, felt that like. Flew. But thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate having you guys teaching us how to how to be foodies. <laughs> well, thanks for following us. It was really no fun. Problem. Really- yeah, we enjoyed it. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Take guys. Care. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. I think that episode really will need a part two. There were Mm -hmm. a thousand restaurants we did not get to. (laughs) We scratched the surface. Truly. Basically. Truly. We need to just go on tour with them. (gasps) Yeah, well, there's so many more restaurants I can show them in Milwaukee, and I would look forward to that. Can we do like an Instagram podcast YouTube tour of food and restaurants? Sounds complicated, but sure. Sure. Okay. (laughs) This is, I guess, the fun part of my job. So I'll let you know. I'll get back to you. <laughs> oh, boy. So all this talk about delicious Wisconsin food. You got to remember that indulging in decadent and often dairy-rich foods should be occasional and part of a well-balanced diet and exercise. I'm proof that you need to do that because I don't do that enough. Now, our <laughs> friends at Group Health Trust are reminding us, of course, you have to have whole meals, balance everything with fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, which is one of the reasons why the farm-to-table dining is such a good idea. Mm. You are getting the natural food. You're getting fruit and vegetables and whole grains locally grown, which is great. Uh, Adequate exercise, of course, is also great because then you can splurge more. (laughs) Moving around is good. Even if it's a nice long walk around the lake or your neighborhood, that'll do the trick. You can enjoy more foodie destinations that way. And there is a great quick story of one Wisconsin educator who turned his life around with healthy eating habits. It's on bobber.discoverwisconsin.com. And um, basically, all you have to do is look for healthy eating habits changed the life of this Wisconsin educator. It's that simple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll link the blog in the show notes as well. Perfect. And speaking of moving your body and getting some exercise, we are uh, talking about some amazing hiking trails in St. Germain. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wanted us to give you the heads up from the serenity of being surrounded by tall trees, quiet waters, and acres of lakes in the Northwoods. You can be sure to find your new favorite vacation spot or hiking trail. In St. Germain. Um, So some of our favorites are the Heart of Vilas County Bike Trail, Owasa Nature Preserve and Hiking Trail, Fern Ridge Trail, and Shannon Lake Trail. Those all Um, sound fun. Yeah. You can Mm -hmm. also learn more and get maps to all the trails mentioned uh, on our blog. Also, if you need that again, bopper.discoverwisconsin.com. And the link to the blog is also in the show notes, right? I'll put them all in the show notes. And Eric, uh, I should know this, but I don't. What county is St. Germain in? Vilas. Vilas. Okay. Is that close to Ashland County? Uh, It's just a little bit east, yeah. I think you could do like a double whammy then. Do Ashland and Bayfield, go on over to St. Germain, do some hiking. Absolutely. What a weekend. Yeah. uh, Iron County's right in there too. You just do a little hop around US 51, Highway 70, the county roads up near. I love it. Boulder Junction and all that area. It's a great up north, Northwoods road trip. I love it. 
Fantastic. Are we ready for the review of the week? Let's do it. Heck yeah. Let's do it. This one is from Countryway22 on Apple Podcasts, which I thought was very sweet. It is titled Always Educational, Fun, and Relaxing. Relaxing. Honestly, I feel like those three words really do hit this podcast very well. (laughs) All your soft favorites on the Cabin Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It says, always looking forward to another episode. I live near Rockford, Illinois, and have always been envious that Wisconsin has this type of love and interest in sharing and showing off all parts of the state. It makes me want to move north or try something similar in the land of Lincoln. Move um, north. That's I think you should just move north. We're happy to have you. Absolutely. Thank you, Countryway yeah. 22. Hop that border. Come to our side. You'll enjoy it. It'll be great. <laughs> Maybe in time for next week's show. Make sure you join us for that. It will be released next Tuesday on all your favorite podcasts audio outlets and of course on YouTube where it's fun to watch us Mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes yeah Today's episode of The Cabin was hosted by Eric Paulson, Dave Janis, and me, Susan Foch, with guest hosts of Jordan Durst and Mike DeSello from the Midwest Munchers, produced by me and Audio Dave, with video editing by Cooper Steele, and social media by me and Courtney Haas. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover Media Works. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com, and don't forget to leave us a review. And here's this week's installment of Know Your Wisconsin. The natural beauty of the Okooch Mountain Range is awe-inspiring. Home to miles of beautiful landscapes, this section of Richland Center offers plenty for those in search of outdoor exploration. If this was an ordinary hike, these breathtaking views would be enough. But this is no ordinary hike. We're standing at Franks Hill, which is also known as the Shadowwald Mound Group, and is on the National Register of Historic Places as such. It is approximately a thousand years old, and they are made of dirt. We kind of divide the mounds up into air spirits, land spirits, and water spirits. They have shapes at this location in the form of a coyote, a bison, a bird, a beaver, and a snake or a coiled serpent. So in addition to the wonderful scenic beauty of the Driftless region, we also have this rich cultural history, this tapestry of human existence that overlays all the natural history. When it comes to effigy mounds, the mounds on Franks Hill are extremely well-preserved, due in no small part to Frank Shadowald, who purchased the land with the sole purpose of taking care of them. The land was then donated to the Three Eagles Foundation upon his death in 2013 to continue to preserve the heritage of Wisconsin's indigenous people. And now you know you're Wisconsin.